the Parchair Podcast. Welcome to Setball, the Parchair Podcast. My name's Siobhan Stevenson and I'm here with my mate Dave Lewis and we're going to talk all things Parchair Football. Dave? Hello there, you alright? Morning. Morning. How are you doing? I'm all right, not bad. We are back for a third edition by popular demand, so um, I will get I'll get straight on introduced today's guest because I'm just mindful of the time. Um, today we have a father and son guest combination, which is different from previous weeks. Please welcome um, Brighton player and England international Greg Baxter. Hello, Greg. Hello. Hello, Greg. How are you doing, mate? How are you doing? And also Mister and also Baxter senior Steve Baxter. Hello, Steve. Good morning. Hello, Steve. Morning. How are we all doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Coping, yeah. (laughs) You can hear us all right, can't you? Yes. Good. We've got some gremlins in the house this week because we're trying to... It's been quite difficult during lockdown to get these together because you get some little technical gremlins. So if that happens, you'll have to bear with us. And it only seems to happen on the day recording. It doesn't happen on the other day. So anyway, let's, (laughs) um, you know, uh, without further ado... We shall crack on. Uh, many thanks for joining us. We're going to learn all about you. I mean, I mean obviously, off air, we've told you the format. Um, you know, so it's a lot of questions at first, just to find out about you guys. And then we're going to play a half-time game called 2v1, which is, of course, named after the famous power chair rule. And then at the end, you'll get a 40-second challenge to set a score. Um, we've already had Newcastle and Spire on, so you'll be setting the score for Brighton. Does that sound good then? And we'll try and rattle through the questions and be done. I know, Steve, you've got to dash off because you've been working throughout lockdown, I understand. Yes, indeed. Yep. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay, Siobhan, are you ready then for the questions? Don't forget, if you want to ask and intervene, you jump in with your whistle. I will do. Okay, then. So, just to either of you first, then tell us about yourselves and your role within your club and the sport in general. Steve, let's come to you first. Well, my involvement with Parachair Football, well, so first of all, I'm Secretary of the Wheelchair Football Association, uh, which I thoroughly enjoy. Um, secondly, I'm Chair of the South East Regional Parachair League. I'm also on the Fit for International Panel of Referees, and I'm the coach and Secretary of um, what is now Solent Parachair Football Club, and Assistant Coach with, uh, with Brighton. So, involved with the game. Uh, quite a lot, you might say. That's why we've got you on, because you've got many hats and you've got lots to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> OK, and before we find out more about you, we'll just come to Greg. Hello. Okay. Just want to introduce Hello. yourself, how long you've been playing and stuff like that. Well, mine, this isn't as long as Dad's. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing power football for 11 to 12 years now. Uh, majority of that spent at Brighton, uh, working up through the leagues, uh, and I thoroughly enjoy playing it. Excellent. Okay, so we'll move on then. So, um, you know, we found out about all your roles and we'll come on to them in more detail in a bit. Um, you know, so, um, um, so going back then, how did you both get involved in the sport? How did you first hear of parachair football? Um, I found a, a flyer in uh, my, a local uh, school uh, advertising parachair football. I'd always been football mad, but had thought that the opportunity to play was beyond me. Uh, I went down for a taster session and have been hooked ever since. And Steve, I suppose, you know, you took Greg along to the taster session? Yeah, it was, uh, it was back in 2008 now, that was. The local authority had hooked up with Hampshire County FA for some funding and some, some coaching. And um, you went along for a session and you spent most of the session trying to put the bumper on your day chair rather than 
playing football. Remember those days, Dave? Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I say, Greg was uh, was hooked from the ver- from the very first session, and um, they ran a couple more, but there was no there was no club locally um, to, to carry on with the sport. So that's how we got involved with forming our own club within Hampshire, initially called the Wardash Wasps, which then became Portsmouth, <laughs> which has then become Solent, wow. grown over the years. Right, so it's transformed over the years. And you actually, um, uh, Siobhan's got a question, that's Siobhan coming. Um, I just wanted to ask Steve, had you been involved in football before or was it purely because um, Greg was interested that you got involved? Uh, no, I'd, I'd always been very sport-minded, and I played football a lot in my when I was at school and uh, in my younger days. Uh, I used to play for a local club um, when I was in the services, played matches then. So no, football was in my blood, but I'd, I'd never heard of Pouchy football either until we saw the flyer and went along. So how difficult was it to get a club up off the ground? Well, so, well in essence, very difficult because the costs involved. The first thing was to try and find actually what the what the game in, entailed um, and that's how I became uh, a referee to start with because there were, there were no coaching courses that available at that particular time and so to learn the game and learn the rules I did, did a referees course at the start of a 10 and then beyond that found out what was required and then went out and um, local authorities spoke to local sporting clubs and, and got the kit together to form a team. And can I ask Greg what was it like playing football when your dad was involved uh, yeah, it, uh, it was good. Uh, it was interesting. Obviously, now that we're in the higher levels, Dad can't referee the teams we're involved in for obvious reasons. Uh, but obviously, that didn't apply uh, back then. And I suppose every, if you look at every sports movie, it's always, you know, the dad and the son. You know, they grow up, they play football together. So, yeah, it was quite nice. Just a couple of points to go back on there. Um, um, we've had Johnny Borden on, we've had Rob Thompson, Jamie Harrison, some very experienced people within Parachair, you know, and they've spoken about using the car tyre, you know, in the you know in the early days. I was actually just after the car tyre. I didn't actually see that. I, I've been playing about 11 or 12 years, so probably not as long as people think, um, whereas Jamie and John and all them have been involved more like 14, 15 years. But I, I, I came just after... The, the um you know the whole car tire cutting up um and in my very first game I went to change with the ball and the bumper fell off um <laughs> so that was that was a great introduction to the sport but yeah um so say so in our first few sessions at Brighton they were using tires yeah because they didn't have, have the bumpers so yeah seen those in action as well yeah different game yeah yeah so uh, Steve how long have you actually been refereeing now for uh I did well, some would say too long, probably. Um, <laughs> no, no. You won't know that uh, for me, I think. You're one of the better ones. <laughs> my, my first, I did my course in 2010. So 10, okay. ten years now. 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is an interesting fact which we'll just get out of the way now. We uh, do have something in common, Greg. Can you guess what that is? I, I'm, and I'll give you three guesses. Crikey. Uh, we're both incredibly talented. Well, you know, apart from that, you know, apart from talented, good-looking, and yeah, um, no, so I thought, thought I'd get the obvious ones out of <laughs> the way first. Um, well, um, and it's something to do with our fathers, our dads. So I would, I think this is true. We've both got the tallest power chair referee dads in the world because my dad's six foot six, 
And Steve, how tall are you? Um, six five. Yep. Six five. Yeah. So when they're both coming doing a game, it looks like the local heavies have arrived. Yeah. Keep so you I in check, though. Yeah. So I think that's our little claims to fame. We've both got the two tallest parachair referees as dads in the world. Okay, if anyone's taller than that and listening to this podcast and you referee a parachair game, then get in touch to prove us wrong. Um, okay, then, that's, that's, a, that's just a pointless little stat that I've been dying to get out of the way. Um, okay, then, moving on then. Um, we realised that your season was cut short, you know, because of the whole COVID-19, which we'll come on to later on. But you can just like recap on your season. I realise it wasn't maybe favourable, but, you know, how was the season for you guys? Um it was a difficult one. Uh, I'll admit that this was probably the most difficult season I as a player ever had and I think we as a club has ever had. Uh, rough end to the year uh, with the party of Lewis. Uh, hit the club yep. hard. Um, yep. we, we, were, we were shocked and we didn't know where we were going and what we were going to do after that. Uh, I missed the first two weekends, obviously, my back, my back operations. Yep. Uh, so we were all in the loop I think we the winter break usually is a long time where we miss the game I think for us it was it was needed we regrouped and got back into training and finally found our heads again and started to push on again and see if we could avoid the relegation drop and obviously we had no idea that coronavirus or COVID-19 was going to take over uh, which was uh, at the point of the league stopping which was what March uh, March 18th or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the weekend before that, we had had a good weekend. We'd won a we'd won our crucial game against Bournemouth at the bottom of the table, and we thought we've got some momentum going into the rest of the season. And obviously, that's curtailed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just to fill Siobhan, you know, they had a very difficult like season. Siobhan Craig missed a few weekends with his back operation. Mm. They also lost a couple of players due to like you know you know. Um, been like poorly and not recovering um yeah so you know extremely difficult i can't imagine how difficult it's been for, for them to get over that um yes yeah, so it takes a lot of strength to come back from that and um sort of keep people together and of course now coronavirus is hit you know it all stops again so you know it's a very up and down sport we have you know and that's it's, it's not a nice side the fact that we do lose our fair share of people because of the nature of the conditions they have you know, it's an nature of the beast and not a nice side of it. But um, you know, we do our best to mark that now, you know, from a WFA perspective, you know, during our end of season celebrations. So um you know, it's important to remember those that are no longer with us as well. Okay, so a little bit sombre, so sorry, sorry about Dave. that, but it's important to touch on. Yes, Greg. I'd I'd like to give a, a big shout out to Chris. Uh Chris Hammond's the coach of Brighton because he carried on with us even though he'd yeah. obviously lost Lewis and yeah. I don't, without him I don't know where we'd, we'd still yeah. be. I think it shows like the massive togetherness within our sport and our community you know and this is why we're doing this because people will engage with this and will kind of relate to this so you know um, and I think it's important it's the reason why we're doing it to bring people together. So, and I think um, from my perspective as well just from doing it over the last couple of weeks I've realised the camaraderie that is within the community uh, you know, is immense. It's really something to, to kind of, from somebody just, you know, that's not part of that community but sitting on the outside, it's really lovely to see how supportive people are of each other. 
Okay then, so um, moving on then, next question. Um, tell us about Brighton and then how they were formed. Um, you know, I mean, like, you know, over the weeks we've had Aspire on, we've had Newcastle, obviously Newcastle are formed from a foundation. Um, you know, Aspire, PFC were formed from Stanmore Hospital, the rehabilitation centre down there in Middlesex. Obviously with your club, Brighton, they're connected to a mainstream club, aren't they? So what sort of support do you get? Is it still there, the support from the mainstream club? Uh, yeah, it is still there. Obviously, the, it comes under the auspices of Albion in, in the community uh, and been very very supportive over the years. And obviously, we're then fortunate enough to be under the guidance of Disability um, Inclusion Manager. Um, we have access to coaches within Albion community. And obviously, they also help out with us um, financially because actually football can be an expensive sport on occasions. Um, yep. And there's also we also get a lot of support from the supporters of, of Brighton and Herb Albion themselves. For yes. example, when we were fortunate enough to get the place to go to Aarhus in 2016 for the European Club Championships, right. a lot of the su- supporters put their hands in their pockets and raised the funds for us to for us to go. So yeah, there is a there's a lot of support there from Albion in the community. And that's um, thanks to Paul Pratt, Paul Brackley and his his team. Yes, fantastic. Um, you know, another sign, you know, another show of togetherness from the community, you know, to get bought and, um, you know, to go to Denmark, Siobhan in 2018, was it? 16, 2016, 2016, 2016, yeah. 2016. Sorry, we were at that tournament ago. as well as um, West Brom. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, massively fun memories from a few years ago. Um, we'll have to go, we'll have to go to a half-time, half-time game in a minute, but I think we've got time for one more question. Um so, um, Steve, you know, um, and, and Greg as well, um, Brighton were in the top three or four, like three or four years ago, I suppose. What, you know, what do you think it takes to make a winning parachair team? I think the players on the pitch can have all the technical ability in the world, but I think you've got to have that camaraderie between the teammates, the, the trust, the communication, just to have that bond that I think is more easily formed on a parachair football court than it is on a your regular 11, 11 aside football pitch. I think if you if you can trust your teammates, it goes a long way to helping you become successful. Excellent. Um, and I think I agree with that. You know, you've got to have trust in your teammates on the pitch. Otherwise, you know, you have nothing really. Um, Steve, got anything to add to that? No, I'd say it's, it's all about that time together, isn't it? Developing yeah. the, the teamwork. Uh, and like you say, having confidence in each other's ability. Uh, but you can you can play the game to the highest level. Uh, when when that yeah. when that when that uh, clicks into place, then they, you know teams do play some very good football. We've seen that uh, every weekend when we go to national league. Okay, then I think it's time for two v one. Two v one, which is a question and answer based game. Now this is where I pile the pressure on you two, psych you out. I've won three nil two Nothing weeks new there, on the then. bank. No, I've won three nil two weeks on the bank. Basically, it's two v one. I'm going to ask you a question, so and you can both answer. So it's two to review against one of me. It's simple. The rules are simple. If you get it right, then you get the point. If you get it wrong, then I get the point. Okay, okay. simple as that. Okay, it's a first to three question. So I have a stopwatch, a timer. Yes. which I am going to set for... So for the first one, it's 10 seconds on the clock. Yeah, 10 seconds, a very short first question. But there are, there are I've got five questions written down. Of course, if we get to three and someone's won three nil, we won't ask the last two. OK, 
You've got the questions and the answers, Dave. That's a bit unfair. Ah. I will start the timer that, from the minute he finishes the question. And you'll hear are, the timer go off yeah. when he when, uh, when the time's They up. are general knowledge power chair questions that oh I my Dave, Let's not embarrass ourselves. As secretary, if you don't get the first one, I'm sorry. We're going to have to. Have, <laughs> no pressure. We're going to have to have a major review of your position. <laughs> I just resign now. Go on. <laughs> okay. Jump so before you push. Question. Are you ready? Right. You can both talk to each other, but then give your final answer. Make your final answer clear. Okay. Right. Okay. Then. So first question is around ten seconds. Yeah. How wide are the goals in a game of power chair football in meters? Go on, Greg. You can do that. I'm going. No, you can take that one. <laughs> you can take that one. Five. It's, it's six four, metres wide. Three. Six metres. That is correct. One. Oh, That's the first goal. Right, I, 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 do, I just see. score in between them. Fine. <laughs> so is that is that one to Stephen Gregg? That's one to Stephen Gregg. That's the first point. I've it is. You've yes. shows. You're Man. halfway to beating him already. That's a good the thing. The defence was watertight until that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, the next question. Give them 30 seconds of this. Oh, thing, hold on, it? hold on. Let me, get, let me get the timer right. He's not on Dave, are they? Okay, <laughs> time about is ready. Me. Okay, this is a general knowledge question, okay? <laughs> Name four power chair clubs beginning with the letter S. Uh, Sale. Sale, Seven Oaks. Seven Oaks. Uh, Seven Oaks Development. Um, yes. <laughs> and... St. George's Knights. St. George's Knights. St. George's Knights. One more, please. You can't have seven Oaks development. That's a team. That's not another club. That's a team under the club. No. Solent. 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 We're going to do a comeback here. Yeah. Let's get a good <laughs> how question. Many, how many yeah, look, seconds changed, for this final question? He's changing question? the questions now, isn't he? 30 seconds. <laughs> he is, yeah. He is. <laughs> that one's too easy, that one's too easy, that one's too easy. Right, this one's difficult now. First time. I've oh, here we this. go. I've answered this question. Right, 30 seconds, Shimon, again, please. Okay. It's 2 0 to Greg and Steve. If we get this one right, they've won. Okay. Right, what I'm going to do next is give you five player names, and I want you to tell me what they have got in common. Okay. Jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, Siobhan, when I finish mentioning the fifth name, start. What have we got? Okay. Thirty, 30 seconds. seconds. Oh, right. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Christian yeah. Darlington, Dylan Castle, Daniel Rigby, Ryan Skinner, Lee Armstrong. What have they got in common? Those five players. Um. They're all English. Confirm. <laughs> We've got surnames, surnames of astronauts. Um, <laughs> they all say power your football. <laughs> no, well they do, but that's not the right answer. Um, think about what they might have achieved, and I'm being really kind. Five. They, they've all won Young Player of the Year. Three, player of the oh, Year. Yeah, you're on the two, right line, John. The one. right line. Goal of the season. Oh, sorry, time's up. No, no idea. Those five players have been the last five players to win the top scorer in the NBA UK Championship. Oh, okay. Well, well okay. done, guys. You're so, sorry, close, guys. though. Close, yeah, yeah. on the right line. Want to give you the clue. Okay, hit the two, post. one, game on. Hit the post. Oh, here we go, all right. <laughs> VAR says not over the line. I got the other day. Um, <laughs> okay, so unlucky, two, one, then. We move on. Another question. Um, 
Okay, got to get my list up for this. Another oh, 30 no. seconds, please, Siobhan. <laughs> right. Another 30 seconds on the clock, okay? Na- name 10 parachair players to score 100 or more National League goals. Oh, John Bolden. One. Chris Gordon. Two. Marcus okay. Harrison. Oh. Ed. Four. Common. Sam. Yeah. Five. Uh, Matt Francis. Um, no, not on the list. Oh, dear. Still got uh, Kyle. Rob down. Thompson. Rob Thompson is. Kyle isn't. Six. Calf. Calf is, yeah. Five. Four. Uh, three. Bobby. Two. Lewis Hammonds. Lewis, One. Lewis is, yeah. Bobby. Rosie. 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 They've got them now, they've got ten. Rosie. 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 They got the ten. Well done. Oh, just. Three, one, you've won. Two, one, one. It's a game for me. Good one. You see? That weren't too bad, was it? No. Well, I think that's... You just squeeze that in. I think that's the end of the first half. I love power chair football because it allows me to be part of a team and uh, work towards something. Uh, like a trophy or uh, to achieve something as a team and as an individual. I love the amount of freedom it gives us as players. When I was younger, I tried other activities and other places like Cubs and um, Scouts and all of that. And, uh, you know, they just didn't understand disabilities and they were like, it's easy to make a campfire. And I'm like, well, I can't. And it's completely different in uh, power chair football. I just love the uh, how understanding people are. I love power chair football because you're able to make new friends and become part of the community. I like how it gives the opportunity for players to um, compete in a level playing field. I love power chair football because yeah, it's helped me form friendships with my own teammates players and other coaches from around the country uh, also open up more opportunities as I'm studying coaching at college. From a parent's perspective I think power chair football has given so much self-confidence um, to my son. He feels a lot more inclusive, a lot more accepted and the amount of friends he has made through it has really helped with his self-esteem. Welcome back to the second half. Well done to Greg and Steve, who beat me at 2v1, beat me 3-1, my first defeat in in three weeks. So well done, guys. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, very good. Very good. Okay, thank nice you. Nice to see um, you get beaten as well, to be honest. If you've got any more questions, then let me know if you think of any more, because I'm going to run out eventually. But um, I will keep the power chair knowledge flowing. Try to, anyway. Um, <laughs> okay then. So moving on, second half, we still got a bit more. Still, still got a few more questions. Sorry. Um, so Steve, Greg, what are the biggest changes you have seen to the sport over the last ten years? Would you say? Uh, actually, the strike force uh, completely changed the game. I mean, you can talk about changes that make differences here or there, but to completely change the way the game's been played and the way the pace of the game, uh, the strike force, hands down. It's made the biggest change. And you, Steve? Yeah, that's obviously on on the pitch. I think, but I think off the pitch, development of the, the national league and the regional leagues as a a pathway for players to develop, um, and then looking on towards the now the international pathway as well. Um, that has 
given players opportunity to to play at a higher higher level if, if they if they want to and they can or if not they can just play competitively regionally as they want to so yeah, i think the game has come on leaps and bounds in the last 10 years and um, hopefully we can keep developing it for the enjoyment of all i think uh, that's one of the main points of just to explain to siobhan as well you know one of the things that i probably do be found you know is you know in the different leagues we've got six regional leagues around the country we've got the two divisional structure of the National League, we've got the WFA Cup, which runs like the FA Cup. But I think, you know, we have got a level for everybody. So if you just want to play socially, we have got that option. If you want to be more serious and competitive, then you can push on and progress through the pathway that we've got. Um, You know, and like, you know, myself and Greg, we've both played at club level, then gone to sort of European competition, international. Um, So there is that clear pathway there, which probably didn't exist 10 years ago. So, you know, you can see how the sports develops. We've got 46, 47 clubs now. Um, so, it, so it has really grown, um, you know, and the hope is it will it, it, will, it will carry on, of course. Um, just coming to Greg now, just, you know, because I can relate to this, you know, I was, oh, Siobhan, you just, have a question. I just wanted to ask a question off the back of what you've just said um, about, you know, pathways for people to develop. Obviously, um, we've, we talked in the first um, episode about women getting into the game and about the amount of women in the game as opposed to men. Is the hope that one day you might have some... Oh, well, actually, I should ask the question. Are there any female managers? Um, yes, yes, there are yes, a few right. female coaches and referees. Steve, do you want to elaborate on the female aspect? Uh, well, I, I, I think in general, Parachet Football is actually one of the more... Um, diverse um, parts of the of, of the game, um, you know. Um, Kath is a player and well performer. We got uh, Kaz, who's a coach and um, um, a referee, and Millie as well. Uh, Millie yeah, Millie, and there's, you know, there are, there are a variety of, of women at all levels of, of the game. Could there be more? Yes, yes, there could. And can we do more to encourage them? Uh, I think, yeah, I think yes, we can. Um, but but I, I you know I, I generally get the impression that um, we're doing our best to encourage all into the game, and if there are challenges and, and, and barriers, then if I hope we can address them, um, if they're highlighted and you know when we have our WFA meetings, um, so Kath certainly isn't um, isn't shy about expressing um, her view quite rightly, and we and we do our best to include everyone. Great, that's great to hear. I think it's it's really important as well, considering that that um, you know women's the women's game in general has the profile is raised. So it's lovely to hear that in parachair football as well, um, you know it's it's uh, so open and so inclusive in terms of um, women in management and and as referees and stuff. Right, we no, need we, to get Kath on. No, we, we did we yeah, did we, have, did. we, we did have an event last year. With, um, which were um, you know, women or female only events to try and encourage them into the game at all levels, you know, players, officials and coaches. Mm-hmm. And hopefully those events can continue and will bring more in in the future. Just to give you a geeky stat, I think it's um, 14% of players registered are, are, um, are females in this country, which is higher than across Europe. Wow. It, um, you know, it is higher. I think it stands about 12-13% average um, but you know we are slightly higher than that. Um, like when I go and coach my Cheltenham lot, I have got I've got a squad of eight and four of them are female, so I could legitimately play a team of females, yeah. which I, I don't think many clubs can say that. 
Um, and I don't think it's ever been done. I don't think it's ever been done yet. But, I, you know, it's not too far away. Um, and, and also, yeah, we'll have to get Kath on. Kath is the welfare officer for the WFA. Um, very experienced player herself for Middlesbrough, PFC. Um, Carolyn as well, um, who's a coach. But I... I, I I mean, I slightly fair to you at saying this, you know, you know, this podcast is supposed to be 40 minutes, but we might need an hour and 40 minutes if Kat comes on. Um, there might have to be a special edition. Um, okay, moving on then, because I realise we are mindful of time. You know, we touched on earlier about COVID-19 and stopped the season, obviously put everything to a halt. You know, so what have you been doing to keep busy during lockdown and what have the squad been doing to stay connected? Dad, you've been working a lot of the time, haven't you? It hasn't stopped, it hasn't stopped for you. No, it hasn't stopped for Steve, have you? You've been very busy. I work in the NHS, so yeah, I've been at work all the way Back through. Steve. So yeah, I think the, the biggest thing about that is actually just try and make sure everyone is is safe at work and at home. It's been the busy, busy thing yeah. for us. Yeah. How have you found that? You know, has it been difficult to sort of, you know, you know, because obviously you've been mixing with people, Steve, you know, and obviously Greg, you know, you've been shielding, is that right? Uh, well, I've been staying at home, yes. Just try and take precautions, you know, at work. Make sure everyone's social distance and wearing masks, etc. Uh, you take all your precautions. Um, and if I'm going out, then I'll, I've been doing the shopping as well. So well, I'm just going to be us going out of the house. So, yeah, it's just been as, as you take, take the advice that comes to you from the government and the scientists and, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood so far. We've we've come through it, and yeah. uh, we'll get we'll get through it. And at some point in time, we'll start playing football again. Hurrah! Yeah, hurrah! <laughs> there was there was some good news yesterday. Actually, obviously this won't go out for another couple of weeks, but there was some good news about the relaxation and and also the end of shielding for the you know for the most vulnerable from the first mm-hmm. of August. So that's very hopeful. Fingers crossed that stays that it, um you know stays the case because you know we don't want a second peak like they're having other right. places. So fingers crossed, fingers and toes and everything crossed um, that, you know, we will resume sometime, you know, soon, you know, you know, in the coming months, I would say. Um, you know, it's been a massive challenge. About the return. It's been a massive challenge and it'll be a massive challenge to get restarted. And, but I must admit, you know, I might even get a bit emotional. When I read that yesterday, <laughs> I was like, yes, we're on our way back. Um, okay, then. Okay, we've got one more question, but we'll come back to that. We're going to do the final challenge now. The final challenge. Um, have you ever seen Soccer AM on Sky Sports? There are other channels yeah. available, yes. of course. Yes. Okay, think about, think of the situation where you get a minute, you're not going to get a minute, you're going to get 40 seconds, where you're <laughs> smashing the balls through the holes at the end to score as many goals yeah. as you can. You're going to get at 40 seconds, you're only going to well, get you're 40 old, seconds. You're going because... old school. You're going, you're yeah. going old school Soccer AM. <laughs> You're going to get 40 seconds to name as many power chair clubs as possible in the country. Mm. Clubs, not teams, Steve, okay? And what we should tell you is the person to beat or the club to beat at the moment is Newcastle. Newcastle are on 20. 20. Aspire, what did Aspire get last week? Oh, oh, about 14, 15, but they had all the time to repeat. They actually broke the rules. There's one rule. Okay, you get 40 seconds. Aspire breaking the rules. How do you do it? You can alternate, you can do five and then switch, but you you must not repeat an answer. So if you say first answer is Brighton, and then you say seven more clubs and then say Brighton again, that is your go over. Oh, and you'll okay. be given eight. So you mustn't repeat a club. Okay? Oh, crikey. Okay. okay. 
And you can alternate. You can do five, Steve, and then switch to Greg. I don't care how you do it. So, but question. Get it. What's your is question? This, is this English clubs only? English clubs only, yes. Okay. There's 46 possible answers, okay? Okay, so just just to recap, lads, Newcastle United are winning. They're at the top of the leaderboard with 20. Aspire have 16. That's a good score. This is all down to you now. There's 40 seconds on the clock. This is a good score. When everybody's ready, just let me know. We'll say go, and then I don't care how you do it. Just go through the league. Go through the league. (laughs) Go through the league, Dad. Okay. All right, who's going first? Am I going first? Okay. Yeah, you can go first. Entre-bond, whistle, Entre-bond, go. Entre-bond, okay. Go. okay. Ready, steady. Northern Thunder. West Bromwich Albion. Aspire. Aston Villa. Or Villa Rocket. Four. Four, yeah. Keep going. Sale. Seven Oaks. Yeah, six. Uh, Norwich. Seven. Shatman. Faversham. Eight. Yeah. Bournemouth. Nine. Solent. So, ten, yeah. Uh, Brighton. Brighton, eleven. Newcastle. Twelve. Five. Cheltenham. St George's, nine. Three. Fourteen. Patrick Hills. Fifteen. Time's up. Fifteen. Oh, come on. I think there's a bit of a delay on the line, and I was trying to, didn't want to jump in and go. There's a bit of a time difference between where Steve is in the house and where you are going. Yeah. Oh, we're, hang on, we're above. You we're above Aspire. Aspire, though. No, you're not. Sorry. They yeah, Dave's. Oh, no. Dave's... Sorry, mate. Said... Sixteen, they got. But, but I, we I, didn't. I did but say we didn't break the rules. No, no you didn't. didn't break the rules. It is a better. Fifth, is it for fifteen? They got just fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. It's a better fifteen and Aspire's sixteen. Thank you. But you're third on the leaderboard. I'm sorry. <laughs> um... <laughs> it's fine. We're, it's fine. We're, we're just making it. No, we're making everyone else feel good when they come on. Yeah. So they do. <laughs> When they get 12, they don't feel as bad. You're encouraging, uh, Greg. That's what it is. You're encouraging. We'll take our 2v1 win. That's, a, that's good enough. Yeah, that's good enough. You're the first ever winners of the 2v1 <laughs> podcast game. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Delighted. Okay. Uh, we've got... Can that go number one of my all-time, you know, all-time Power Jeff moments? Can that Never go number one? Never mind playing for England. Never mind getting the... No, I've won the 2v1 the against Dave. I <laughs> can go 2v1. I can go to the top. <laughs> okay. Okay. One final question. Is that right, Siobhan? Yeah. And then, we've, then we're done. Okay, this is a very interesting question. Steve, you're going to chuckle to yourself, I think. And it's, but it's to both of you. If you could change one law of the game in power chair football, what would it be and why? Good go first. <laughs> um, so we had a chat about this, didn't we, before I We had a chat and I was like, uh, I would say that you... It's not really a law as such, but I reckon you should change the the referee style so instead of having uh two lines with a referee you know like they're doing hockey have a referee at each end because then that would ease the burden on referees and allow for more rest time and then the need for numbers of referees not that i'm saying referees shouldn't come forward i'm saying in the time being it would ease the burden okay interesting um 
you know, I mean, in fairness, in the last year or so, we have actually got quite a few more referees. Obviously, we, we, we just ran a course before shutdown, so we might have to do a refresher for those eight people that did that course. I forgot the rules now. Um, <laughs> okay, Steve and yourself, I'm interested to hear your views because you're, you know, obviously, dummy face secretary. Well, there's a yeah, there's, you know, number of rules that you could think about tweaking, but I mean, the obvious one is the start of the game, isn't it? Is the, is the coin toss. Right. Okay. We, 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 let's keep it simple. Yeah, we, we, we toss the coin for, 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 for choice of ends. Um, well, really, should, should we, you know, should not be kick off or, or you know, to, to have or receive the ball should be the, should be the choice. Oh, yeah. I, I must admit, I never understood why you'd want to choose which way you're kicking. But I would love to, I'd love to kick off first because that means you can get up the other end. Oh, yeah, so, um, so to, to, my, to my mind, that's a, 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 a quite a simple one. I know it comes from, from the running game and why it's yeah. there, but to, to my mind, it doesn't make any sense. So, simple tweak. Mm -hmm. oh, I'll never be able to look you in the eye again at the start of a match. Okay. The thing you could say, Dave, the thing you could say, Dave, is that uh, all of us disagree with the rules at one point in the game. So, referee makes a bad yeah. referee makes a call against you. You're like, no, I don't like that rule. I don't like that rule. Let's scrap <laughs> that rule now. One thing I will say to show that I'm noble, no one makes a mistake more than a player. So if you look oh, at yeah. how many mistakes a player makes in yeah. a game, it's more than a referee. Oh, there you go. That's me being, that's as, that, you know, that's as are fair you, play as I'll get. Are you, trying to bang, are you trying to bang that one for next season, Dave? Are you trying to... Trying to <laughs> I don't think we're going to... I don't think we're going to hear that again. So can, I that, Dave, can I quote yeah, that, Dave? Can I quote that? Can I quote that? If he gets booked, he's going to go, do you remember when I said this on the podcast? Can, I, can you let me off? Many people said I'd be in this in bin, but, you know, I haven't been in there once yet. <laughs> well, there's the final <laughs> whistle's you. gone. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Did you enjoy that? Yes. Oh, I love it. Good. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. No, Cheers, guys. Thank you. It's been lovely to meet you both. And hopefully when everything's settled back in and we've all come out of our um, homes and we're a bit more confident, I'll be able to actually meet you in the flesh. So that would yeah. be lovely. Look forward to it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Setball is an Outer Circle production.